Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. This morning, I want to talk... Actually, I'm, going to, I, I'm, I'm starting a new series this morning, and we're going to talk about... It's a series I preached back in uh, 2017, so it's been a few years back. Uh, but I'm going to kind of do it again and probably put some new things in and so forth. But I'm going to talk about undisturbed peace. Because we are living in a time that your peace could really get disturbed if you didn't know some things, you know. I, I remember after the, the, when the COVID thing hit, you know, and I walked, you know, I walked into Walmart, you know, and I'm in there and there are empty shelves everywhere. And this guy is in the aisle with me and, you know, he's, I forget what we, our conversation was about, but it was about the empty shelves and all. And, you know, there was just fear. There was just fear. And, um. Uh, you know, I looked at that and I thought, you know, uh, I don't think Americans just realize just how fast all this can be gone. Right. I think we got a taste of it then. And I thought, if I did not know the Lord, I wouldn't have much peace about all this. Because I don't have any chickens in the backyard. I didn't have any cows. I don't, I don't have a garden. I mean, if it doesn't come from the store of swans, I'm, I'm in trouble. And one of you give it to me. Which, uh, that happens sometimes. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just realized, but, but there wasn't any fear in my heart. There wasn't any lack of peace because, uh, you know what? I mean, hey, uh, my God promised me I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat or drink or wear. And I'm just going to believe Him. Amen. I'm just going to choose that He'll keep His word. And so... Walmart is not my source. The Swans truck, as much as I love it, is not my source. Oh, yeah, I've got a working relationship with Swans. I've been buying off of them for so many years. We used to have one guy, he'd come in our house and put the stuff away because we weren't home. I'm telling the truth about it. He'd he'd come into the house and just put the stuff in the refrigerator and take the Take the freezer, take the check off, and go his way. We just left the door unlocked for him, you know. Man, one time he's so nice. He said, now, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, and you don't want a stranger in your house. I thought, well, you ain't exactly family, Frank. You know what I'm talking about, but appreciate the warning. And, you know, since we don't know this other guy, we probably didn't let him in the house. But, you know, but my, my supply is not there. My supply is the kingdom of God. And as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about a recession. I haven't heard anything about shortages in heaven. I haven't heard about that. Now, when, you know, God says something about, well, guys, things are rough up here too, well, then I might start to worry. But I don't think I'm going to hear that. Amen. And so I want to talk about this, about how, even though, even though there's all kinds of bad news, you know, and, and I mean, I just saw just, just, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, where now our president is preparing the American people for food shortages. Whether that comes to pass or not, I don't know. But I guarantee you it struck fear in a lot of people. 
And so, and if it's doing that for you today, then this message is for you because we don't, we don't have to let our peace be undisturbed because we have promises. Amen. Hallelujah. And as long as God is alive, Amen. we're all right. Hallelujah. He, he, listen, <laughs> do I have any tithers in the house? Amen. All right. Let me tell you a story I heard years ago. This guy years ago, he said during the Great Depression of the 30s, he said, I went to work in a uh, soup kitchen, you know, where, you know, people just didn't have anything and they would come there and get something to eat. And he said, I made a point one. He said, I made a point. He said, I went around and I asked these people, uh, do you know the Lord? Are you a tither? Now, this is what this man said. He said, all the years I was working in the soup kitchen, all, you know, that depression lasts for a few years. He said, all those years, he said, I never had one person in there that was a tither. And he said, I thought about the scripture. I've never seen and I like the way the Amplified Bible says it. I've never seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken, nor his seed breaking bread. Amen. I thought, thank you, Jesus. You ought to shout over that. Amen. Because as long as we're, as long as we're, we're, we're uh, walking with God, we're good. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to read to you Romans chapter 5, verse 1. You got it? Amen. Verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith... We have peace with God. Everybody say peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for peace with God. Now, we not only have peace with God, but the Bible tells us we have the peace of God. You can't have the peace of God if you don't have peace with God. Peace of God comes from peace with God. I, I remember, I, I will never forget the night that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I will never forget that night because... After I come home, I went to a church service, and I, I, uh, uh, at that church service, I answered the altar call, gave my life to Jesus Christ, and then I came home. And I will never forget that night because I went back into my bedroom, and I sat down on my bed. Now, here's what I thought. Here's, here's my thought. I thought about, man, I really have peace. I've, you know, I never had peace like that in all my life. Never. I mean, it was the peace of God because I had peace with God. And I remember, you know, I remember sitting there on my bed just and that peace engulfing me. It's just, it was a new thing for me. Now you have to understand, I'm not even, maybe, I'm not even probably maybe yet an hour old in the Lord. I'm a newborn babe. And I look up my window in my room and I saw this imp-like creature go out the window. And I thought to myself, what was that? You understand. How I many know you're, you're, you're an hour or less old in the Lord. You don't know about demons. You don't know, you don't know this stuff. So I don't know what happened, so I just kept it to myself. I thought, wow, that was weird. That was strange. But some weeks later, maybe a few months later, I don't know, I was reading one of Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen's books. And he talked about that some, you know, how he had experience with 
casting out demons and had actually had discerning of spirits, one of the gifts of the spirits that allows you to see into the spirit world, and actually had seen demons before. And he said, some of them are imp-like looking creatures. And I thought, well, that's what I saw, an imp-like looking creature. And I realized, you know, see, I didn't know until, you know, I got some knowledge. I realized what happened when I came into that room <laughs> with the peace of God on my life and that glory on my life, that demon evidently, you know, I'm not saying he was in me. I, I, I didn't see him come out of me, but he evidently was hanging around me and he was evidently in my room. That demon decided that our relationship was over with. And he decided to leave because someone walked in the room with more glory and more anointing than was that had been in there previously. A new creature had walked in that room. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And so that peace. Now, I noticed now, see, the Bible tells us that the fruit of the spirit, you know, enlist them. But the first three it says is love, joy and peace. And I noticed that in my life that immediately those three showed up. I started loving people. And uh, then, you know, the peace of God, which I described, that was immediately. And then the joy of the Lord. But I started loving people, you know. I mean, all the, the, because all the fruits of the Spirit, when you get born again, the love, the joy, the peace... The long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the, the faithfulness, the meekness, the, the self-control. All of that's inside of you when you get born again. But after a while, it starts coming out. Amen. See, that's what Paul meant when he said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God which worketh in you to, to, will, to, do, to will and do of His good pleasure. It's not, like, it's not saying we work out our salvation like going to heaven. Come on, folks, you can't. It doesn't say work for your salvation. It says work out. Your salvation was a free gift. See, God put it in you when you got born again. Now it's your job through faith, the renewing of your mind, to work it out. And so that started coming out, out of me. You know, that love, joy, and peace. And, and those, were, that, those were things I didn't have before. I didn't have that before. Amen. Not true peace. Not true love. Not true joy. You know, the world talks about peace, doesn't it? The world talks about love. The world talks about joy. But let me tell you, theirs will turn in a heartbeat. Amen. Those of you old enough, you know, that went through the hippie movement of the 60s, it kind of started to wane in the 70s, but it was still going on. You remember the love, the joy, and the peace, but you know it was phony. I said it was phony, but God's got the real thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I want to talk about this this morning. I'm going to just kind of lay a foundation, and what I'm going to do in the rest of these teachings, I'm going to talk about ways that you're, you can keep your peace from being disturbed. Let's go... Uh, Let's go over to uh, John's Gospel, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. John 14. So there, there's this supernatural peace that we have when we connect with God. It's a real thing, folks. I'm telling you, it's a real thing. And if you, don't, if you didn't get it, you, didn't get, you probably didn't get saved. See, when you get saved, you become a new creature. 
You may still have some old habits that want to hang around, but the real you wants to do the right thing. Amen. You may be bound by some things still. You know, it's like when, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Well, he told his disciples to do that. He got him up from the dead, right? Now, he told his disciples, you lose him, you let him go. Jesus gets people up from the dead, but it's us disciples that are teaching them and train them and get them loose and let go. Amen. A lot of things that are on their life, man. I mean, we love them. We love on them. We, we pray for them. We teach them the word. Amen. We lose them and let them go. That's our job. You know, but thank God for God's power, you know, uh, that, that raises them up. But we've got a responsibility part of that, too. Amen. You know, thank God. God revealed, you know, a lot of things. I do know this, that when you get born again, a lot of things just leave you automatically. You know, I mean, I lost a lot of things. Just to get born again, I just lost a lot of things. But it wasn't like I was perfect like I am today. See, most of you believed it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're supposed to laugh is what you're supposed to do. Of course, we're, you know, how I many know we're, we're all a work in, in progress, right? And we will be until the day the Lord comes. That's why you got to have compassion on people. That's why Paul said, hey, if you see a brother, get in trouble. Restore him in the spirit of meekness and considering your own self, lest you also be tempted. Don't think so highly of yourself. You might, you might be the next one. It's like Brother Hagin said years ago, he was, he was, uh, him and some other preachers were criticizing a preacher that had fallen into sin. And he said, the Lord got on to him and said, do you, do, uh, do you know that preacher? Brother Hagin said, no. He said, do you know the situation around which he got into sin? Brother Hagin said, no. He said, the Lord said back to him, says, doesn't sound like you know much. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. And the Lord said this to him, he said, if you'd have been in this spot, you might have done a lot worse. Brother Hagin said, I learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Come on. Some of you think, well, how could they do that? Well, how could you do what you did? I've had those thoughts before. How could they do that? I had those thoughts one time. I saw a, a group of people just handing around a bottle and a joint at the corner. The bottle, I might say, that I paid for. It's a long story, but a guy who was, you know, walking the streets, you know, wanted to sell me his comb. Don't laugh. I had hair then. We're talking 1984. He wanted to sell me his comb. Now, today, he wouldn't even try that. He's like, let me sell you my billfold or something, not your, my, my comb. But I looked at his greasy hair and thought, I don't want your comb. And so, you know, he said, I just need some money to get a hamburger and get home. I just got released from jail. And so, you know, him, you know, I'm, I'm all for helping people. And so, you know, I told him, I said, well, uh, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $20 if you let me pray with you. Man, he, 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 you talk about, man, he's ready for prayer. I, that's like I said, I'll, let, I'll stand here if you give me 20 bucks and let you all pray for me today. <laughs> Amen. For 20 bucks, yeah. Just make it a short prayer. But anyway, so I prayed with him, you know, to lead him to the Lord, invited him to church, you know, to the service where I was attending, you know, to come to that, which he did come. And, uh, but... But he took my $20 and went and bought a bottle and some of his friends were passing around on the street corner, you know, smoking a joint. And I walked, and when I, when I saw that, I said, you idiots. How many can, you talk about, the Lord got on to me. You talk about self-righteousness. 
The Lord asked me a question. I mean, I'm telling you, I, no, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it might as well be audible. I heard it strong inside of me. He said, let's go back, because uh, 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 I had been saved since uh, 81, so it's 84, so I've been saved long. But he said, let's go back a few years and just see where you were at. And I thought, oh my gosh, that was me on the corner passing the bottle. That was me. I learned to shut my mouth. Well, I learned that day to shut my mouth. <laughs> I'm still learning to shut my mouth. How many are still learning to shut your mouth? Amen. But I learned that God, God sees things a little different than we do. We can't be self-righteous and think we got it all together. Amen. We got to remember where we were, where God brought us from, and have some mercy and some compassion on some people and, and uh, you know, do some things to help them out. Amen. Now, in John... Uh, chapter 14, go there, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Now, now the, literally, what he's saying is, he, he's saying, have you ever heard of the word bequeath? You know, bequeath is an old word we don't use much, but it means to leave something to somebody in a will. You bequeath it to them. So Jesus is saying, I, I, I'm leaving you know, and I'm going to leave you something. I'm going to leave you my peace. Well, folks, he's the prince of peace. I said he's the prince of peace. And so he left us his peace. Now, notice he says, not as the world gives. See, the world gives a false peace. I've said this many times, but it, I do remember years ago, uh, many years ago, there was a commercial on TV, and it was about a certain kind of car tires, Michelin. And the commercial basically said that if you have Michelin tires, you will have peace of mind. You'll have peace of mind. So what would you think if you came in to the office for a counseling session and you met with pastor, wise pastor here, and you said, Pastor, I'm really struggling with some areas of my life where there's a lack of peace. I have, can you help me? I sure can. What kind of tires you got on your car? <laughs> Maybe you got the wrong kind of tires on your car. I mean, that, don't, that didn't fly. Then I saw one. It was in our local paper. And this is a lot of years back, too. And it said, peace through a prepaid burial plan. <laughs> now, what would you think if you came into pastor's office? Pastor, I'm really struggling with peace in this area. Well, do you have, a, you have your funeral already paid for? You've got a prepaid barrel plan? Maybe that's your problem. I say this. It doesn't give me peace knowing there's a hole out there waiting on me. What does give me peace is knowing that if my body goes in the hole, it's coming out. God's Word gives me peace. Then I saw one, peace through life insurance. I have life insurance, you know, because I want to make sure that I went to heaven. Phyllis has got money to live on. Uh, so I've got life insurance. But that's not where peace comes from. I'm happy that I have. Look, it's good to have good tires on your car, right? Thank God. I feel better having good tires on my car. I feel good. I feel better. I don't have a prepared barrel thing. I'm, you know what? The reason why I don't have a prepaid, there's nothing wrong with prepaid barrel thing, but I just always think about what if the rapture happens? I spent that money for nothing. I'm going to wait till I get a little older. 
And I think, well, maybe, I'm not, maybe the Lord's not coming back in my lifetime, then I'll buy one. All right, so you do what you want to do, but I, I'm not going to spend that money yet. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still planning on taking a bus trip out of here. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I still, I see the way things are going. I'm thinking, man, you know, the Lord's going to come back. I, I mean, hey, you know. Now, I don't go that too far like we used to in the old days. Oh, man, you know, this, you know, that was years ago. M- remember years ago, Pastor Chuck, he read this book. He tried to preach it. I wouldn't let him. On <laughs> I'm teasing. 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is Going to Happen in 1988. <laughs> you know, this guy wrote a book. Remember that, Pastor? You bought the book. I know you did. 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is Going to Happen in 1988. It didn't happen in 1980. And the guy had the gall to write one 89 reasons why it's going to happen in 89. I got that one too. Did you buy that one too? <laughs> Joanne, what are you doing with him? Watch him a little closer. <laughs> it, it didn't happen in 89. You know, and all I could think is now, wait a minute. This guy thinks the rapture is going to happen in 88. He misses it. And he writes a book in 89, 89 reasons. And people like Pastor Chuck are making him wealthy. And he's building a new ministry headquarters. I think if the rapture's coming, why are you building a new ministry headquarters? But anyway, we all did things in those days that weren't always the smartest. But, you know, the Lord is coming back. And the signs are that it's going to be soon. Really. Now, his son sometimes is a lot different than our son. You know, God will say things like prophetically, like it's going to happen tomorrow. But you got to understand, with God, a day is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. Even the psalmist David one time said to God, when talking about God doing things in his life, I remember what psalm this is, but it's in the book of Psalms. David said, Lord, remember how short my days are. I mean, get with it. you got all the time in the world. I don't. I'm checking out this life at some point. Amen. So... We have to understand that regardless of all that's going on in the world, all that's happening, uh, the world doesn't, it can't give us peace. I said, it can't give us peace. There's not going to be peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace puts his feet down here. Amen. Now, notice what he said. Look at this. Verse uh, 27 again. He said, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So we have something to do with it, don't we? He said, don't let your peace be stolen from you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Well, why? Because we have something to do with it. See, we we have something here where we can just say, no, I'm not going to let you steal my peace. No. Amen. Now go to Isaiah chapter... Nine, go there. I want to read this scripture. Come on, are you getting something this morning? Isaiah chapter 9. So we we can have, even though things are, uh, uh, well, about as bad as I've ever seen them in my lifetime. I know we went through the, the 70s, we went through some pretty bad economic times. But we didn't have all this other stuff. There's a, lot, there's a whole lot worse things going on in our country, in our world, than just money problems. Matter of fact, those are the least of our problems, to be honest with you. Those could be solved fairly easily with some intelligent people. It's the other issues that are deeper. Amen. It's the lack of reverence for God that's a real problem. Amen. 
Now, let's go to uh, oh, or to His Word. You know what I'm saying? Even in the church, how the church is just, you know, they just flippantly ignore what He said and think it's going to turn out all right. It's not. I mean, you can't. Jesus said, talking about the Word, He said, you can fall on it, you know, and be broken. You can fall on the Word and be broken. But if it falls on you, it'll grind you to powder. You can't break the Word. The Word will break you. You understand? Nobody breaks God's Word. God's Word's settled forever. Are you with me now? I don't care what, if, if the government, if the government would, was able to, which they're not, but if they were able to force the church to believe a certain way contrary to the Word, it doesn't change a thing. I don't care if we all say something's okay. If God said it's not, it doesn't change anything. And He's the judge. Amen. And so I have to remember that at times, Lord, you're the judge of these people. You know, it's not my job to judge them. It's your job to judge them. You'll take care of this. And God said in the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians, He said, it's a righteous thing with me to pay trouble to those that trouble the church. That's what He said. Those that are troubling the church, God said, it's a righteous thing with me to give them some problems. Why well, didn't know God to do that? Oh, yeah, He will. Oh, I said, oh, yeah, He will. I know in our faith teaching years have gone by, we, we used to teach, oh, God never do anything like that. Oh, yeah, He will. Thank you, Jesus. But you go messing with the church, and He'll mess with you. Oh, yeah. We leave out some verses. You ever notice that? I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about our faith movement. We leave out some verses that just are convenient that we don't want to talk about. Like the time in Revelation when Jesus was telling the churches, clean it up. And He told one woman that was teaching people to live in sexual immorality, He said, if you don't repent, I'm going to kill you to death. I'm going to throw you in a bed of sickness and kill your children. I can feel the anointing on that one. Just feel the glory. Everybody just love that scripture. That's the scripture, folks, in the book of Revelation. Read your whole Bible. And I just lost half the word of faith people right there, which I'm one of them. But I, I happen to believe the whole Bible, not just portions of it. And Jesus said, you don't repent. He said, I'm, I'm going to take your candlestick from you, please. Of course he doesn't want to do that. He wants you to repent. But he's not going to let you mess people's lives up continually and get away with it. And he told that the pastor of that church, you better tell that woman Jezebel she better get her act together or I'm going to throw in a bed of sickness and kill all of her disciples. God is love. How many know that love isn't always nicey-nicey like we think? Love gives you what's best for you not what you think's best for you. Love will spank you all behind. Oh, yeah. I've told you the story, you know, when I was like four years old, you know, I was mad at mom and dad, and I went out and laid out in the middle of the street. Thank God it was Winslow, Indiana. Those that don't know Winslow, there's a car every now and then go by our house. We lived on 2nd Street, I think it was, in the, in the Brownstown district. Yeah, Winslow had districts back in those days. And so I was mad. I went out there and laid out in the street, you know. 
Dad, man, came marching out there. I mean, he was taking big steps, and he jerked me up by my arm. And you know what he did to me? He adjusted that. I have not laid in the street since that day. <laughs> he took care of that. Was, that. was that mean? That was love. I was saying, boy, I'm going to give you something that's good for you. Y'all get that? <laughs> he taught me a lesson that day. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember one time I decided, we used to, when I was a kid, we had like aspirins. They were St. Joseph aspirins. Remember those? They taste like candy. Remember those? I love to eat those things. Oh, man, I had, I, I remember one time, you know, I've got those out of the medicine cabinet. I, you know, I don't know how, I've got them somewhere out of there. I had them in my back, my back pocket, the whole bottle, and I got on my, my little tricycle and I was taking off. I, I had drug problem back then. <laughs> my mom saw that. Man, she fixed that. <laughs> was that love? Of course it's love. Amen. Of course it's love. See, when God, when, when the Lord has to correct things or has to do things, He doesn't do it out of hate. He doesn't do it out of vengeance. He does it out of love. He, he loves His church. And so all those that are troubling the church right now, not just in our country, but I mean, like we're talking about other countries, they're troubling the church just north of us. We got a, we got, we got a friend north of us in, in the, across the border that are giving the church a lot of problems. They got a leader over there that's giving the church a lot of problems. That guy's asking for it. God will, let, God will let you get away with that. He'll give you time to repent of that and get that, and get that straight. But you don't. He's going to straighten that out. Because nobody is going to stop the church of Jesus Christ. No government official. Man, I'm trying, read your Bible, man. They tried it in the past. Herod, man, he was the angel of the Lord smote him and he was eaten up of worms. Enough of you. I'm, I'm done messing with you. God gave him time to repent. He wouldn't repent. God just knocked him down. So that's it for you. Well, this is good preaching, isn't it? I don't know how we got off on this. We're talking about undisturbed peace. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of our faith, brethren, they don't, they don't seem to understand. They think, well, God never do anything that, they, that we would consider bad. God never does anything bad. It's always good. But some, what we consider bad sometimes is just a necessary, a, 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 a necessary good. That, well, I don't know how to say it, but anyway, it's just necessary. It just, yes. Yeah, it's like one guy wrote a book one time. The truth will set you free, but it'll make you miserable first. There's truth to that. You got to change, right? All right, Isaiah, you there? Isaiah, look at chapter 9. Did I tell you to go there? Verse, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder. Thank God it's coming. Okay, won't that be wonderful when Jesus is president? Oh, thank you, Lord. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, or he's a wonderful counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne, well, let's just stop right there. The Bible says of his government and of the peace, there'll be no end to it. Man, we'll go from peace to peace. Hallelujah. But one of the things it talks about is government. See, if we're under the government of God, 
in our lives, our peace keeps increasing. What do you mean under the government of God? Well, one of the things I'm going to talk about in our teaching is about, you know, the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead your life. Because, see, when, when, when Jesus is government, see, when, when I'm submitted to Him, I'm submitted to His Word, then the peace on my life just keeps growing. It keeps increasing. Amen. Now, all right, let's, because uh, I got, I'm going to just give me a few more minutes here. Let's go to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. There's a few scriptures I need to look at this morning before we go. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Because I think it's important that we understand, man, this is not just a temporary thing. When we got born again, part of the kingdom is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's part of our kingdom inheritance. So we can have, we can have peace. The devil fights that, see, and... and uh, and we're going to talk about ways that we can stay uh, with our peace undisturbed. So we'll help you with that. But I'm just kind of sowing a foundation or laying a foundation this morning. But we can have peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. Amen. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Now the God of peace Himself. So God's a God of peace. He'll give you peace always. Everybody say always. By all means, the Lord be with you. Now, by all means, in other words, one translation says, at all times and in every situation, the Lord will give you peace. The Lord will give you peace. No matter what the situation. See, we said His peace passes all understanding. In other words, you can have peace when it doesn't make any sense to have peace. How many remember Jesus in the boat with His disciples? You know, when he got into the boat, they were going to the other side. And the Bible says there, there rose a great storm of wind and the, the boat began to fill with water. And they began to be fearful. And now, I, I still, Jesus was a sound sleeper, folks. He, you talk about having peace. He sleep, he's sleeping through this. The Bible said he's in the, the back part of the ship asleep. He's asleep. How do you sleep through storms? You got to have some peace. Or you just be Phyllis. I mean, the whole Southern Railroad came through our bedroom one morning and she didn't wake up. I mean, the whole train. So when we were living downtown Newburgh, they're down there by the river. Our neighbor on a Saturday morning decided early in the morning it was a good idea to have a stump grinding company come and grind some stumps. And our bedroom window was open. And I mean, when they fired that thing up, man, I'm telling you what, it, I thought the rapture had happened. I know, I, I know, I, I at least was partway in the air. <laughs> what in the world? I mean, I didn't know why. I mean, it was so loud. I mean, and the first thing I, man, I got to run over and shut the window. And I shut the window and I look back and she's. <laughs> I was like, you know, this morning the whole, there was a freight train came through our bedroom and you didn't even wake up. She's at peace. See, Jesus was at peace. You understand that? And so they wake him up and they say, Master, 
Don't you care? We're perishing. And he got up and he rebuked that storm. And what did he say? Anybody remember what he said? Peace. Be still. How cool? You can't release what you don't have. He had peace. And then he said, which I'll teach on this a little bit later on in this series. But he said, where's your faith? Why are you so fearful? It's like, you know, the boat's sinking and I mean, thought maybe you might, might want to wake up for this. Evidently, he didn't. He expected them to do something about it, right? Now, all right, let's go. Let's close out by going to Isaiah, back to Isaiah. This is it. You get something out of this today? Isaiah 53, and then I'm going to go to Isaiah 54, because it's important that we understand. Now, this is something that God is, God, He gave it to us as part of our benefit package. We don't have to be in turmoil all the time because, listen, there's always going to be things going wrong. Always. In the world, right? There's always going to be issues. Amen. You know? So we have to learn that we can have peace at all times. The Lord give you peace at all means, by every means, at all times, in all situations, all places. I can have peace. Because why? It's a supernatural gift. It's a supernatural gift. It's part of you. It's part of your inheritance. Amen. You know, I mean, it's just like part of, part of your redemption. It's part of your identity. You have an identity of peace. It's part of your identity. Like, no matter what happens, I'm a man. I was born a man. It's part of my identity. It, you can't, you, you can't, you, this isn't popular, but you can't change that. You, you either had the, what are the chromosomes, X and Y? You had one of those. I don't even remember which one's which. Huh? X and Y for men. All right, and what's women? Huh? XX. Two X's. So you're either a XY or you're two X. <laughs> I mean, there ain't no changing that, baby. I don't care who tells you. Come on. I know this isn't politically correct, but I don't care who tells you. You can't change that. That's just the way it is. And if you think something is wrong, it's not with your double X or your XY. It's with you. It's with you. And, and we're not doing you any injustice by not telling you the truth. You know, they say the suicide rate is high among people like that. Really. Honestly. And then they blame it on us because, well, you're not being nice to them. You're telling them the truth. No, the reason why is because the devil is messing with their life and it depresses them. You can't, be, you can't truly be happy if you're not living who you really are. And to them, that's why you, who you are is who you think you are. No, who you are is who you're born to be. Man, we're, we're, come on. All right, uh, I'm, my point was, I'm, no matter what happens, my identity is a man, okay? I can go in the women's restroom, which I did at one of the restaurants here, <laughs> by accident. I might admit it was an accident. I read the sign wrong. It said it was one of these chicken places, and it said, it, you know, they had roosters and hens. Well, it was one of those days... It's one of my days. <laughs> Phyllis can tell you I had those days. It's like, 
My brain's not working that day for some reason. And one of them days, you know, I'm just going in and I see hens. And I thought, I'm just, I, I thought it looks like men to me. So I just walk right in there. I throw the door wide open. Here I am. I look around and said, man, this is weird. No urinals. <laughs> Whatever. The times change, you know. I go into the stall. I'm in the stall and all of a sudden it hits me. I think I'm in the wrong bathroom. <laughs> this is bad. It didn't change my identity. No matter where I go, I have the same identity. I'm still a man. Amen. Right? Come on. You know. I remember when I had hair. Those were good days. I remember when I had hair, and I would go get my hair cut, you know. I always felt funny going into the beauty parlor. I just felt funny. I just didn't feel right. I would go there because the barber in our town, he was blind in one eye. And he was a butcher man. He was bad. Randy will remember him. I, I honestly, one, in, one day I went in there and got a haircut. I thought, man, I'm, I, I'm going to a man's place, you know. So I went to the barber shop, you know, and, and so, uh, how much you want off? And, you know, I said, well, just about that much. He made a snide remark, you know, and he cut my hair. And I walk out, and I'm walking down the street, and somebody comes up behind me. I knew, says, what happened to your hair? I said, what do you mean? Well, it's short on one side and longer on the back. Well... It's not going to change my identity, so I'm going back to the beauty parlor. <laughs> I am who I am. Have you know, God gave us an identity, right? We got born again. See, we have to know our identity. We have to know who we are. And we're people of peace. They have the peace of God. We have to know our identity, or the devil will talk us out of it. Amen. Come on, are you with me now? You know. Uh, and so we have to realize that. Now, here in Isaiah, let's look at this, and we're going to close. Isaiah 53, verse 5, the Bible says, talking about Jesus, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes were healed. So Jesus died and paid a price for us to have peace. He shed His blood for us to have peace. Now, Isaiah 54, verse 10, next chapter. It's our final scripture today. Isaiah 54, verse 10. It says, For the mountains shall depart, the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that has mercy on you. Notice now, the, he calls it a covenant of peace. And he says, it won't be removed. What does that mean? You'll have undisturbed peace. It will not be removed. It's a covenant forever. So Jesus paid the price for me to have peace, and God gave us this covenant of peace, and He said that's never going to be removed. It's never going to be removed. It's something that's going to be there all times. Remember the Scripture in Thessalonians? The Lord give you peace by all means. It means all, at all times, in every situation, God will give us peace. I remember, and I, I, you know, like I said, I, I tell these stories, but they're true stories. I remember one of the most challenging times I had with peace as a, as a, in the last, you know, 20 years was, was with this church. And I remember the devil really trying to steal my peace from me over this church. 
And it was just something, you know, that it was an oversight that I made. You know, we were, you know, we, many of you are with, some of you are with us when we were in our very first building in Newburgh, you know. And then Walgreens bought the building. And so uh, we had to vacate the building, you know, because our lease was up and so forth. And Walgreens wanted the building. And so uh, they had sold the building to Walgreens, the company that we released off of. And so anyway, <clears throat> we were just leasing a spot. So uh, we went to the Bible school. Remember the Bible school? We had a really nice spot there at the Bible school. Great new saint, uh, auditorium, nice place. And they were so nice to us, so kind to us. When I talked to the, one of the leaders of the Bible school about us using the building and, and very nice about it. And they said, hey, just bring your equipment in and set it up, which was great. We didn't have to tear down sound equipment, carry it in each, each week. We just left it there. It was great. And so we had a great relationship with him. But, I, but the guy told me, now. he told me, he said, now, he said, about a year from now, uh, he gave me the actual month, I don't remember what it was, but it was about a year after what we, after we first started using. About a year, he said, you'll have to be out because we're going to redo this uh, Bible school and you'll have to be out. We're going to redo some things in the building. I said, that's fine. You know, we're out. Well, two weeks before we're supposed to be out, I forgot all about it. I forgot we're supposed to be out. And uh, he calls me. And he says, you remember now you're supposed to be out of the building in two weeks. I said, no. I don't remember that. He said, no, we talked about that when, uh, you know, when you originally took the building. So I don't remember that. I said, if you say we've got to be out in two weeks, we've got to be out in two weeks. So I drive home. And I tell Phyllis, I said, you're not going to believe this. They're telling us we've got to be out in two weeks. He said when we first got the building that he told us that. She said, yeah, he told us that. Well, why isn't she telling me? <laughs> she had to forget too, right? But that was a rude... All right, you, you know what? Here, here, here's, here's, what the, here's what the devil said. Now, here you are. You're the pastor of the church. You're the leader. People look to you. And now you're putting him out in the street? I mean, the devil played on my mind. I'm telling you, he did. He played on my mind. I would go to bed, and he'd go, where are you going to meet at? Where are you going to meet at? What are you going to tell everybody? Folks, sorry, we're out in the street. Can we borrow your basement? We couldn't have got everybody in there. We had more people then than we do now. But anyway... I, here's, here's the thing. I had to learn to cast the care of that over on the Lord every night. Every night. Come on, are you with me now? Every night the devil would come back. It would seem like in the daytime I'd stay busy, I'd be all right. But when I lay down at night, here he'd come because that's the way he is. He attacks when you're vulnerable. And every night he would come and he would say, well, what are you going to do? 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 I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to keep my peace. It got to where it was a week, one week. In other words, it was close to a week. I was going to have to get up on Sunday morning and tell people where we're going to be at next Sunday morning. Do you understand that? I don't know. I mean, it's getting close to coming Sundays, coming, and we got a week left. But you know what I learned? Trust God. I said, trust God. Trust God. And he got us a building, didn't he? And he got us a nice building over there on uh, wherever that was, Vogel Road. We had a nice spot. Amen. Yeah. 
When the guy showed me that, I thought, man, this is perfect for a church. All we got to do is build a stage, put a sound booth in, close off that one wall, put a nursery in. Other than that, we got her made. We did all that. Hallelujah. You know, when, I, when he showed me the building, it wasn't like, well, give me some time to think about it. I'm like, I don't have to think about this. We'll take it. It was a lot more money we wanted to pay, but we made it through it. Praise God. But you got to keep, you got to stay in peace. God gave us peace. The, what, 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 listen, this is God's church. He's the one that, he's the one that said to start it. I mean, he, you know, he, I mean, he, you know, he understands. I'm, you know what? Why should I worry about it? Let, let him take care of it. What if you'd had to meet out in the streets? Well, we'd all got a suntan. I don't know. It didn't happen that way. God came through. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.